in this episode, I want to talk about the power of clarity and how it's one of the most important things to focus on with your horse. Lack of clarity of communication is a leading cause of contortion and disharmony. So when you're able to find clarity, you and your horse are both going to be much happier. So here we go. Episode 16, The Power of Clarity. Hi, I'm Karen Rolfe, and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony. Because yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So let's get started. There's two ways that you can find harmony with your horse. One is that you follow your horse 100%. And the other is that your horse follows you 100%. Now, being able to follow your horse uh, just involves being able to balance on him physically, but it also means that emotionally and mentally you're following him. And so what I mean by that is you're not going somewhere or doing something and thinking, I wish he was doing something else, right? Because then you're not mentally following him and emotionally that you want to be doing it, right? There's a big difference between galloping with your horse because you want to, or your horse galloping off with you and you really don't want to be doing it. <laughs> you're kind of wishing he would stop. So when we want one way to find harmony is just a hundred percent mentally, emotionally, physically go with your horse, right? Find harmony. Your horse trots off and just match whatever trot he gives you and love it and decide that that's a brilliant thing for him to be doing. And you will find harmony. Now that does require a certain level of, you know, sometimes balance, right? Because you want, you have to be able to follow them physically. So it does take some education and some skill, but the concept is easy, right? So where things get a little bit trickier is on the other side of that coin, which is to find harmony by your horse following you a hundred percent. And that's what, you know, the art of training horses and riding is really all about. So, you know, how are we going to do this? When we want our horses to follow us, you really have to look at the quality of the conversation, right? So improving conversations about even the most basic things is really important because more complex things are made up of many simple basic things. L lack of harmony is really about a disparity between the dream and the reality, right? We have an idea, we ask for it, and something other than that happens. And in that moment between what we're looking for and what we think we asked for and what we're getting, that's where contortion often lives. So, right, you know, international symbol for I wish my horse turned right. You know, you, you ask for something, it didn't quite happen, and now you're contorted. 
And so every time that I look at a horse and a rider, or when I'm evaluating my own time with my horses, I'm always trying to find the contortion. Like, why, why am I holding tension here? You know, what, what am I doing here? What, and even the contortion can be in my brain. It's like that feeling of, uh, (laughs) it's not quite there, right? Because you know, when you're having clarity and, and, uh, harmony with your horse, it usually feels just like breathing, right? You're like, yes, would you do this? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and it feels flowing like that. So when I'm what I'm looking for when I put my harmony filter on, my clarity, you know, my clarity filter on is like where where are those bits of tension? You know, where is the flow stopping? So in the a previous podcast when I was talking about the nine habits for excellent horsemanship, clarity is one of those habits. And I mentioned that clarity comes from an intention passing through a mind free of judgment, a body free of brace, and a heart that is open. So that really is uh, emphasizing the mental, emotional, and physical part of clarity. And so what I wanted to talk about here a little bit more is an idea about getting 100%. So when I teach students, I often will talk about 100%. Is your horse matching your picture? 100%? You know, did your horse is your horse at the energy level like 100% or did he give you 80% of what you asked for? You know, or 120% of what you asked for. And in any yield, you know, you you hopefully have a picture of what you're asking your horse to do and then you give the cue or the signal or you embody it and then something happens. And what is it that happened and did it match it completely? So you're like, yes, yes, yes. Or is something else happening? And so what you want your conversation to feel like with your horse and probably with anybody is something like this. I ask my horse, would you fill in the blank? So would you yield your forehand? And your horse goes, sure. Is this enough? And you go, yes, thank you. I mean, right? That's what it feels like when you're riding. You just like do it and they do it and you're just like, ooh, it's over with. It's breathing. It's flowing. But how often when you're asking your horses to do things, does it sound more like, um, hey, horse, do this. And the horse is like, what? And you're like, this. And then the horse goes, do you mean something sort of like this? And then the human says, well, kind of. And the horse says, well, do you want me to do it or not? And then the human says, well, I would, I mean, whatever, it's pretty good. I mean, I guess for us, is it right? <laughs> and so uh, you see this, uh, you know, I hope some of you are chuckling because you recognize yourselves because I see this happening all the time with students. And this is why I like to ask my students questions because I want to hear what they're saying. And it's not just you guys. I came, I, I figured this out because I could hear this kind of dialogue going on in my head. So the key is to really visualize what you're asking for, know what success is going to look like, like know what you want it to look like. So when your horse goes, is this it? You can go oh, a little more or more like this or yes. And if they don't match your picture, then you need to get curious and figure out how can I be clearer, right? How can I make this clearer? 
So you might change how you're asking for something. You might change, you know, something so that you can better allow it to happen. Maybe you're getting in the way. Um, you can thank them for every little bit of effort, but then you also want to let them know that you want it better next time. So often, let's take energy level, for example, I might, you know, the student's asking the horse to go and the horse gives some sort of effort and then not, not much happens. So I might go, did your horse match your energy? And the student goes, no. I'm like, well, did you let him, how does he, does, did you let your horse know that you wanted more? And they might often say, well, no, because I mean, it was better than last time. It's like, okay, last time he gave you 20%, you gave him a little tap. This time he gave you 40%. That's like double. And so they get so excited that they did a little bit more that they reward that. I'm like, mm, you're still rewarding only 40%. So this is where it's it might start to sound really harsh or really demanding or really, you know, I'm, I'm, dominating and I'm forcing submission. And it's not that at all. So that's why I want to talk about this because getting 100% sounds a little bit close to like, you must do this because I said so. And it's not. So let's take this energy level again. And I have lots of videos about this in the video classroom. So I'll post some links to videos in the, in the show notes. If you go to my website, you can find the notes for this and I'll put it there. Or you just go to the video classroom and click on the um, video label that says energy. <laughs> and it'll have videos that show me asking for energy from horses. You can also go to a tab that says uh, solutions to common problems. And one of the common problems is my horse is low energy. <laughs> you know? And so you'll see, you'll see exercises for this exact thing that I'm going to describe in there. I think there's even a video called energy getting hundred <laughs> percent, make it real easy. So let's say, you know, you ask yours for energy and it gives you 20% of what you're picturing. And so you, you want to be like, you want to let them know it's like, okay, thank you for that 20%, but you also have to let them know you wanted more. So you're not going to, you know, beat them until they give you hundred percent. No, but you're going to let them know somehow your, your leg came on or you, tapped your own leg with the stick or you tap them on the butt, something, something that goes, you needed more. And so let's say you ask, you had to tap them on the butt. You can still say, thank you. Thank you for that 20%. Let's go again. Right? So we do it again. And then maybe we get 40%, but 40% isn't a hundred percent. So we got to tap them on the butt again, but we can thank them a little bit longer. Thank you. Hey, that was like double what you did last time. And you take a few more breaths. Thank you so much. But you know what? We got to do it again. And so you're always trying to see, you know, how can I motivate him to go? Am I getting in the way? Do I need to change my position? But you hold that intention of saying, but I really, I, this needs to work, right? So we try it again. Ask. And in that split second, either it's 100% or it's not. And then we have to help them hey, that was 80%. I still had to tap you on the butt a little bit, but that was much better. Maybe you'll get a little cookie, take a breath. Let's go again. 
And when you get 100%, hopefully you're incrementally getting closer and closer and closer. You don't want to take all day to do this, but you don't need to smack them, you know, harder than necessary in the first time, you know, dial it up as effectively and efficiently as possible, as little as possible, as much as necessary. And then at some point you are going to get 100%. It's going to feel undeniable. You're going to know it. Your horse is going to know it. Anybody watching is going to know it because you start to ask and they're on it. They're like, was that enough? And in that moment, you are going to say yes. And you're going to be so happy. You're going to breathe. You're going to praise them. You might jump off. You might give them more cookies, whatever it is. So you go there. That was hundred percent unmistakable. And this is where you need to trust your instincts in the moment to trust you will feel that. And so that's how you want to train. Now, what if it takes too long? Some of you may be asking, because that happens. Sometimes we, we have a picture and we go, I'm going to get 100% of that. And then the reality is it ain't working. <laughs> and you, get, you start to get into this like, uh-oh, one more time, one more time. Let me just try it one more time. So there's another piece of this which is a question you ask yourself, which is, is this fair, reasonable, and possible? And so that's a good question to ask yourself at the beginning. And if you if you think to yourself, you know what, today I'm going to really up my game with this. I'm going to up my standard. Is it fair, reasonable, and possible? And if you go, yeah, I think that is fair, reasonable, and possible, then do it. Then let's get it done. And if it feels too hard, if, if you, you might think it's fair, reasonable, and possible, and then you start doing it and the evidence shows you like, you know what, it actually isn't really possible today. You're allowed to change your mind. And this is another critical piece of this, this kind of exercise is you're not, um, the horse isn't winning. He's not getting away with something. If you change your mind, you might go, you know what, I thought I could do this. I'm going to change my mind. Instead of this level energy, I'm going to go for this level because I'd rather be successful at this lower level of energy and really get it than struggle for this one and maybe not get it and spend all that time desensitizing my horse, my horse, being out of harmony for too long. And then it's just too hard and your horse is going to be left with a bad taste in his mouth. So here's another general principle with this is if something is too hard, dial it back and find the highest level of a low level that you can be successful with. And so this is something I use all the time. Kind of know, you know, is the thing that I'm asking for a foundational basic? And if it's a basic building block, hindcourt yield, forehand yield, something like that, then you can, you can pretty much have a pretty high standard with those basic things. Cause even the, the greenest horse can, you know, can do some of the, if they're, once they're past the learning it for the first time stage, like you can up your standard pretty quickly. And I think a lot of people um, take too long. They kind of, they teach their horse the hindquarter yield. Yay. Look, he moved his hindquarters um, and they don't move quickly enough to refine that. So think of the basic things, go, stop, turn, hindquarter yield, forequarter yield. Those things you can raise your standard pretty quickly and have a high standard and you, you don't have to feel too guilty with it. You know, don't maybe have a picture of a 
you know, 20 times around hindquart yield, but for a few steps with excellence, hundred percent clarity, would you hindquart yield? Yes. Is this enough? Yes. Thank you. Like you can get those good really quickly. However, if it's a complex maneuver, shoulder ends or, you know, collection, half passes, pirouettes, you know, things that require um, multiple things happening at once, energy level, bends, moving the shoulders, the haunches off the line of travel. If you start struggling with those, those are the things you want to really quickly deconstruct. So if I'm even with an advanced horse, if I'm having a day where something advanced or complex isn't working, and I don't think that it's a coordination issue, right? So if I feel like, yep, I've got all the ingredients, we're just having trouble coordinating it, then you do need to be a little bit methodical and stay there and practice the pattern methodically. So they build the coordination. They can't build the coordination if you're if you don't practice it. But you want to get used to identifying the key ingredients and making sure that you have them. So if you feel like, wait, this isn't a coordination issue. This is a problem of in the middle of the shoulder in, when I ask for energy, I got nothing. (laughs) Or I ask the shoulders to come in and they don't really come in and now I'm contorted. Instead of wrestling with the shoulder in, I would go, well, what's the piece? Like, what's the one piece that I need within the shoulder in that if I just improve that piece, then everything else will be better. And so that's where I'm pretty quick to try to find the essence, the basic building block that might need a little more refinement. And I take that out and I really work to get 100% clarity on that. So that way I can think, yeah, it's totally fair, reasonable, and possible. It's, it's maybe not fair, reasonable, and possible to drill a complex maneuver that's not working in the first place. I don't think that's a good strategy most of the time. Again, unless it's purely a coordination piece. So when I feel myself getting into that, oh, I'm using a ton of aids, <laughs> that's my clue. Oh, I need a lot of aids for this, right? So when you're working on coordination, it shouldn't feel like you need a lot of aids. You just need to practice this thing that's already working. You just have to practice it to get it smoother or more balanced. But when you start feeling like, okay, I'm doing a shoulder in or a leg yield or whatever it is, and I'm starting to need more outside hand, and now I'm having to do this other funny thing with my inside hand, and now I got to use a lot of legs. So now I'm sitting funny and uh uh-oh, I've got all my aids on and nothing's working. So that's the red flag. If you start feeling yourself heading towards that direction, that's when you want to go, wait a minute, what are my ingredients? What are the pieces? Pluck them out and raise your standard for those basic pieces. And um, I promise you, if you use that strategy, it will always help. I, I it, It's never not helped. And the worst case is you thought you wanted to come out and work on your leg yield zigzags, but oops, I had to work on the energy. I had to pluck out that ingredient. It's worth doing it today. So tomorrow is better. That's what training is working today. So tomorrow is better. So don't feel bad doing that. It's not going backwards. It's progress. 
you know, and sometimes if you're not getting a hundred percent, it might be a circumstance. So sometimes I've seen uh, people playing online with their horse and maybe they're really working on the energy level and they're not noticing that the footing isn't so great that day. It's too hard or it's too slippery or they're, they don't have a long enough line. And I might go, you know, I think he needs a longer line. Or it may, why don't you go over and oops into the arena or on the grass or whatever the case may be and see if that's why. So there's usually, well, usually there's always a reason why something might not be working 100%. So I think we can have that goal of 100%, but also be flexible with it and say, I'm willing to change. I'm willing to compromise. I'm willing to change my picture uh, and get 100% of that picture or help the horse. So it's not, you know, I think this is an interesting thing of being able to hold that high standard while at the same time being open and listening and flexible. There's an analogy that I like to use um, with this, with the idea of um, basic ingredients versus complex ingredients. And you can think about the different basic pieces as um, as um, instruments in an orchestra. So let's say, you know, we have the violins, we have the cellos, we have the horns, we have the clarinets, things like that. The same way that we have systems when we're riding, we have the energy system, we have the bend system, we have the forehand mobility system and the hindquarter mobility system, and we have the posture system, and we have the line of direction system, things like that. So if you, if you picture an orchestra, right, they practice at home individually. Each clarinetist goes home and learns their part. Sometimes in practice, maybe all the clarinets meet together and go over their parts and the French horns work on their parts. And then they come together with the conductor and everybody plays at once, right? So the conductor steps up, sets the timing, and we go. And during the performance, as they're playing, if, you know, the conductor doesn't just stand there and, you know, wait for something to go wrong and then smack them, right? The conductor is embodying what they want. If it's an energetic piece, they're energetic. If it's a flowy piece, they're flowy. And they might gesture to the violins. I need more violins. And they might gesture to the cellos. I need less cellos. Or they might be like, and you now very staccato or whatever it is. And if things are going well, the conductor can gesture and then they respond and great. Now he moves over and gestures to the horns and they respond. And it, this is what riding is like, you know, we've practiced and we have the clarity. When I do this, I want you to get louder. When I do this, I want you to be more staccato and it all goes on. <laughs> but what happens if that doesn't work? I mean, can you imagine if the conductor gestures to the violins to go louder and the violins are like, no, nah, not today, <laughs> not happening, right? The conductor would probably gesture a little, you know, use a little stronger aid. Maybe I need to just be more obvious and gesture a little stronger. And if the violins were like, nah, don't really feel like it. If it was not a performance and most of life is not a performance, the conductor would go stop. Everybody, hey, <laughs> violins, 
what's going on in that over there on measure 16? When I do this, I want you to play louder. Let's practice it a couple times. Ready? Okay. Oh, yeah. A little loud. Okay, good. Got it. All right, everybody, let's take it from the top. And they go again. So this is, you know, this is what it's like riding. When you have a complex maneuver, you've got to be aware of the basic systems in it. And as a conductor, you don't want to feel like you're playing all the instruments yourself, right? You don't, you can't be like holding the violins up and gesturing to the French horns because guess what? You only have two arms. All right. When we ride, we have two arms and two legs, but you're going to run out of aids really quickly. So I love this analogy uh, because this is what it feels like when I'm riding. I feel like I am the conductor. I'm embodying I have the vision. I know what I, success looks like. I know what I'm trying to create. And I do my best to embody what I'm asking for. And then my arms and legs are there to, to help go and no, a little more like this. And oop, you might want to do this and oop, a little more energy here, oop, not a little bit there. But it's like call response, right? I ask, they go, oh, okay. And then it's back to back to neutral and just setting the setting the beat and going. So when you're playing with your horse, whether that's at liberty or you're riding, I want you to really think about that conductor analogy. And are you conducting or are you running around playing all the instruments and holding things together? And to not be afraid to go, wait, everybody stop. Hey, this section, what's that ingredient? What's the, you know, is it the violins or the cellos? Is it your bend or your energy that's the problem? And that's, I think, where it gets really fun and it gets really interesting and where you can get these really delicious moments with your horse because our horses, I do believe, completely 100% want to know what the heck we're talking about. And I think they find it interesting when we commit to clarity, right? Otherwise, they're just like, all right, I got a girth on, there's stirrups flapping, and there's some legs hanging down. I can tolerate that. <laughs> we, we don't want to be another thing on them that they're kind of half ignoring. We want them to be like, ooh, what's she doing? What's that mean? <laughs> you know, or at least that's what I want. So I think it's it's having this conversation with your horse and listening for when your horse goes, what? <laughs> what, what was that? Uh, I guess she didn't really mean, was that? Was that for me or is she just like wiggling? <laughs> you know, and this comes in stages when we're beginners. We want our horses to ignore most of what we do. But as you advance, if you want to progress, this is where it gets really, really fun. And I think our horses find it interesting. I think my horses find it interesting when I start getting detail and go, I feel, no, I feel you when I do this, I want you to do this. And I know you didn't feel it in this moment because this other stuff is going on, but let me go back and just get this one little piece, a hundred percent. And I'll adjust to help you get a hundred percent. We're going to get a hundred percent. That's when things get really, really interesting and they get really engaged with you mentally and you can find that harmony, right? That 100% clarity. And you've got to trust your instincts. You've got to trust your instincts that, that you will know. It's not about right or wrong. It's about what are you picturing? How are you asking your horse? Did your horse understand what you meant? And let your horse know. They're just trying to learn from you. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to be consistent. And you have to know what success looks like. <laughs> 
so that you can tell your horse if he did it or not. So I hope that really helps you. And I hope that's going to give you something to think about the next time you're out there with your horse, you know, put on your harmony filter and just see if you can notice all the moments where you feel that, uh, that little stuck or that little disharmony or that little thought that's like, uh, that wasn't really what I asked for. And, um, and again, I think I need to just emphasize, um, adjust your picture accordingly, right? So I, it's okay to have a picture, like you can choose any picture you want. I might go out with my horse at Liberty and say, my picture is, I just send you and you do whatever you want with your energy. Like it, it doesn't have to be confining and rigid. I might go, I could do this. I go at Liberty. And I just go, go. <laughs> and when I do this, like go, they know it's like, just move and you can move wherever you want, however you want. And I a hundred percent embody that. So if they go bucking and ripping and kicking, I just go, yes, because <laughs> I said that they could do that. And the same thing when I'm riding, sometimes I get on and I just go out in the field, I drop the reins and I just go, go. And I ride whatever they offer me, wherever they offer me, you know, within my limits of comfort. And I, I can have that picture of a wide range of possibilities. I can have a picture of baby horse first canter, which is like, just do something three beats and kind of stay in the, in the arena. <laughs> you know, Like it doesn't have to be rigid. It doesn't have to be precise. And I, so I want you to really play with that idea. Can you have a, such a strong picture of what success looks like while at the same time knowing that picture has that ultimate flexibility? Your picture could be passenger, like go wherever you want. I'm just going to follow you. Your picture could be, hey, stay between these energy levels and in a fairly straight line, you know, if that's appropriate for your horse. Or it could be at exactly this tempo in a shoulder in with your posture here, you know, with this degree of bend, whatever it is. So you can get as complex and as wide open as possible. But the key is know your picture, know what success looks like. And please, please, please tell your horse when they're successful, get excited about it. And if you're not successful, ask yourself, why not? What can I change? Is what I'm asking for fair, reasonable, or possible and possible? Or do I need to change it and be 100% committed to that? So play with this. I'm so excited to see what happens when you play with this. Shoot me an email. Uh, let me know how it goes because there's so much gold here. And again, if you need to see some visual visuals of this, uh, check out the video classroom. Um, look for energy. This theme is kind of throughout. There's actually another, um, there's videos on communication. You can click on a, a video label for communication too. So um, explore this, experiment with this, and I really go for it. All right, enjoy. If this episode resonates with you, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Training horses is a long game. The more you listen, the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have. To see all your learning resources, visit dressagenaturally.net. That's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book. You can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email or even book a private consult. 
Most of all, remember, you got this. Never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, love your horse, move in harmony, and enjoy the process. Mm -hmm.